The Tom Sumner Program. Old fashioned radio for a new generation. Oh, it's always a pleasure to be with you, Tom. You know that. Yay, Tom! I love it in Flint! You're very astute, Tom. Easy question. I'll debate Andy Dillon on your show. Well, that's a very good question. Uh, Hello, darling. This is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, with Tom Sumner. I'm all right, Tom. How are you? Hey, lucky day, Mr. Sumner. Ciao, Tom. How are you today? That's a good question. <laughs> Hi, this is actor, comedian Jonah Pody, and you're listening to the Tom Snyder, uh, Tom Smothers. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry, what's his name? Oh, Sumner. The Tom Sumner Program. Good morning, Tom. How are you doing? Hey, at least I got the Tom part right. The Tom Sumner Program. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. A social distancing tip. While the CDC urges you to avoid close contact, like hugging or shaking hands, there are other non-physical ways to say hello. Wave, wink, use sign language, salute, smile, give the peace sign, throw up an air high five, do jazz hands. Remember, stay a minimum of six feet or two arms length away from others and stay home if you can. For more info, visit coronavirus.gov. Let's all do our part because we're all hashtag alone together. Brought to you by the Ad Council. This is Mayor Sheldon Neely, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Show. Hey, welcome back, everybody. As we roll into the third half of our three-hour tour known as the Tom Sumner Program, we're going to take up the uh, conversation about how makers, visionaries, and outsiders succeed, as discussed in a book called The Entrepreneur's Faces by... uh, Jonathan Littman and Susanna Camp, who join me now by phone. Uh, Jonathan, Susanna, welcome to the show. Thank you, Tom. Thanks, Tom. Glad Um, to be on. Let me, there are a couple of terms that that I discovered looking at your book that that I want to have identified for me. Um, Jonathan, you're an award-winning journalist, and and your collaboration with IDEO spawned uh, international bestsellers, The Art of Innovation and the Ten Faces of Innovation. But this is the second time I've come across IDEO in the last couple of weeks. Um, That's interesting. It's it's almost like idea, but you pronounce it IDEO. And it's spelled almost the same as idea, but there's an O on the end. But what um, is IDEO? IDEO was an amazing innovation company. Uh, they were founded near Stanford. Uh, the founder of uh, IDEO was best friends with a guy you probably heard of, Steve Jobs. And IDEO was essentially a design innovation firm. So they designed a lot of the early um, computers and uh uh, devices, even medical devices, and now they're considered one of the best all-round innovation companies in the world. And and Susanna, I thought you were the tech uh, reporter. <laughs> yes, it's true. I am a tech reporter. I started <laughs> my career at Macworld Magazine, getting deep into computers there, and then moved quickly to Wired Magazine, where I led the community development during the dawn of the web, so we were basically building one of the first websites in the world at that time, and I still manage our website for the book, and I do a lot of things. I'm studying instructional design as well, instructional design and technology. 
One more definition uh, for either of you uh, before we, we dig into the book. Um, I, in reading one of the reviews, I came across another term I had not heard before. What is the difference between an entrepreneur and an intrapreneur? It's a great question. So we're big believers that uh, this word many people have heard of, entrepreneur, doesn't just have to be a 25-year-old in San Francisco, that um, a restaurant owner <laughs> can be entrepreneurial in how they figure out how to get new clients during this crazy time, or a dentist, how to have people be safe. An entrepreneur is someone who is entrepreneurial. In other words, they're like an entrepreneur in a big company in a corporation, and they bring that same sort of youthful, um, experimental uh, mindset to a big organization. But perhaps are, are working for someone else as opposed to doing Correct. a startup themselves. So they're, they're not the CEO. They would, they would be as some sort of, you know, manager or, or, you know, just fascinating person who comes up with a good idea and then they run with it in a big company, and it grows into something. You know, I think everybody uh, during the last um, uh, nine months or so under the under the pandemic has become much more in love with their computers, if that's possible, um, <laughs> just just by virtue of the fact that they've been able to reach out and talk to other people, they've been able to shop that way, and so on. But uh, during this time um, of of uh, sheltering at home and all of that, has has this been an opportunity for some people, especially those knocked out of work, to explore new things? Are there new online businesses that are going to become part of the new normal as a result of the time people have been able to spend at home creatively? It's a great question. I mean, our model is very... Um sort of people-centric, human-centric. It, it starts, the reason it's called Entrepreneur Spaces, we believe there's more than one kind or one type of entrepreneur. And we think this has been a time when people had to sort of reach within themselves and find new opportunities. And we think that starts with finding out, you know, what kind of type you are. But we have seen, you know, tremendous, um, really, innovation. I could cite an example here in San Francisco where we we're right nearby. There was a bakery, you know, a very traditional business, and they were seemingly going to go bankrupt because they had to close their doors. Uh, but the founder sort of learned from scratch about e-commerce, and with his actual bakers and just – day-to-day uh, -day workers created sort of a master's baker box that they then shipped to people over, you know, the Internet. They, they took orders, and this is called Mr. Holmes's Bakery. They did 10x, and their business went up 10 times by shifting really quickly to a new business model, and he did not have to lay off a single person, and they all either worked in the e-commerce or in a warehouse where they were shipping off all these um, packages to make great cookies and, and uh, bread and cakes and so forth. That's amazing. Um, you mentioned different, uh, different types. 
um, and and you've also mentioned Steve Jobs. Is Steve Jobs a, a model for entrepreneurs? Is he a particular type? Yeah, our book actually focuses more on more approachable people, but Steve Jobs is the visionary. He's um, somebody everybody know, knows, though, Jonathan. Yeah, that's one of our ten types. One of the things is sort of, um, we hope, a bit... Um, heartwarming for our readers is you don't have to be Steve Jobs. There are, there are <laughs> nine other types. Uh, in fact, one of the types, uh, Susanna can tell you about a couple here, but one is the accidental, right, Susanna? Yes, the accidental. This is the, the person who's very passionate about an idea or a, a hobby, but they don't actually start out with a plan to create a company. They only find out later that there is a market fit and a demand for that. We have a famous example of that, which would be Craig Newmark of Craigslist. Uh, Craig was living in San Francisco. He was kind of lonely working a desk job for IBM and Schwab uh, while compiling a mailing list for events. Uh, and then he added a job category. He added apartment listings, uh, which he was doing all out of his own apartment, but it got to be really big. And he left his job, hired people, and now has 20 billion page views a month. So <laughs> that was all from hobby. So that's the type we call the accidental. And in each case, we take a person that we met along our travels and we really profile them in depth but we link it to uh famous examples of these archetypes as well and in the book entrepreneurs faces um is is really a collection of case studies isn't it it really is what what we did was we didn't actually, you know, we talk about Steve Jobs. We didn't want to do a superhero book. So we <laughs> traveled a lot, uh, a lot through the U.S. We traveled in Europe, and we came up with 10 authentic entrepreneurs, which we think people might imagine, you know, if I work hard, I could possibly be this man or woman. And and we found them, and we found that they were unique, and, and they they took this journey in a different way. You know, we have another type we call the maker. That's the, the super prototyper. We have a type we call the outsider, and that's the person who is always uh, looking um, at it, taking a different approach to a traditional business, um, a very unusual outside view. And um, so the story actually takes them through the journey of an entrepreneurship and the, the frame is actually there's seven steps in a journey and if you're successful you're going to get to five or six or seven in, in these stages of entrepreneurship and, and Susanna uh, Jonathan just mentioned um, that they were that that some of these things were were unique um, what are some of the qualities that, that are unique about some of the people that you've talked about in the book? Well, uh, they they take a sort of a different approach to the different challenges that come up along the way as they're going through the journey of becoming an entrepreneur. Uh, we think that self-awareness is very important. Uh, it's important to understand which type you are, uh, because then you can uh, 
figure out what you lack, and that can help you to build a team. Uh, for example, you might be, uh, as many tech people are, you might be a maker, and you might be furiously iterating and creating these these apps and things, uh, but maybe you don't know exactly how to get your product to market, and that's where somebody like the evangelist would come in, and you could team up with a maker could team up with an evangelist, and then the evangelist will actually sell the product for you before you even have the product. That's actually the story of Apple. Um, you know, in, in some ways, um, uh, Wozniak was the maker, right? He was the guy who actually created the Apple computer. And, right. and without Jobs, who was the visionary, and as Susanna just suggested, a bit of an evangelist, too, um, it would have been a great, <laughs> but it wouldn't have taken over the world. He's kind of Steve Jobs is kind of the model evangelist, I would think. He he is, uh, and but but we forget, you, you know, about Wozniak, um, and and Wozniak was the technical genius, the maker, prototyping. Firstly, this was um, a bit of an accidental thing. It was kind of for a hobby at the beginning as well. Um, and, and I think what it's done for us and what it's doing for our readers is to help people see that there are other paths. Um, you know, uh, there, there are lots of different ways to be successful in business, and you don't need a bunch of venture capital. Uh, you, you don't have to aim for some, you know, $10 million, $100 million enterprise. You could create, you know, an amazing bakery, as we just suggested this this young man did in San Francisco when he was able to be entrepreneurial and shift his model during the pandemic. Yeah, there was somebody uh, in the wake. Uh, my show is based in Flint, Michigan, and I think everybody in the world has heard about uh, the problems we had with the municipal water system here. But there mm -hmm. was there was somebody who actually, and, and because of that problem, we had truckloads of bottled water showing up in Flint daily and somebody figured out a way to break down all of the empty water bottles and make eyeglass frames out of them oh how brilliant and it and it, it has taken off in a very big way and I think that's the kind of example that you're talking about with some of the the but case studies in your that book. would fit our outsider model you know, you can see that that's such, you know, out-of-the-box thinking right there. Um, and that's a wonderful story. Um, yeah, it would also uh, fit with uh, the Guardian profile, which is something that I think might apply to your previous guest this morning, Sandra Goldmark. Yeah. Uh, who sets, she, she wants to improve the world for people uh, by solving some of the, the waste problems that we have. And uh, so, as I said, the the guardian type is somebody who really wants to uh, to help people. So they set out with a mission and a purpose, and they kind of lead a cause to improve conditions. 
Jonathan, Susanna, I have to take a break here. Can you stick around for about sure. four minutes and we'll dig down some we more? We sure can. Of course. Excellent. The book is The Entrepreneur's Faces, How Makers, Visionaries, and Outsiders Succeed. And we're going to get uh, into, uh, I, I want to dig down on, on my favorite question about this is, then what? <laughs> when we return. Hello, darling. This is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, with Tom Sumner. I'm Julie Lopez with Crime Stoppers. Have you ever wondered what to do if you have information about a crime or the whereabouts of a felony fugitive and you want the police to know but you need to remain anonymous? Well, here's what you can do. You can go to p3tips.com or download the mobile app. You can go to Crime Stoppers of Flint and Genesee County's Facebook page and click on the Leave an Anonymous Tip tab, or you can call 1-800-422-JAIL. All methods are anonymous, and if your help leads to a felony arrest, you may be eligible for a cash reward. Remember, your voice matters. Tom Sumner Program has hosted live candidate forums for local, state, and national offices at bars, restaurants, coffee shops, and colleges. Armchair Politics has gone to Lansing, Frankenmuth, Birch Run, and Hell. Michigan, that is. We've done shows all the way to the Mighty Mac and back to the Briggs. We've done remotes from a baseball stadium in Lansing, a grocery store opening in Flint, and from a moving train. We'd like you to tell us where to go next. You can write us at TomSumnerProgram.com. Call us at at 810-339-8255 or contact us on Facebook or Twitter. This is your chance to tell the Tom Sumner program where to go. Imagine a journey down a picturesque river. Imagine your Flint River, 142 miles of recreation, natural beauty, and precious resources. The Flint River is a vital resource that is available for all to use and enjoy. The river and its ecosystem provide unlimited recreational opportunities and natural beauty while supporting wildlife in a vibrant landscape. We all have a responsibility to protect and preserve this precious resource. Learn more at FlintRiver.org or call the Flint River Watershed Coalition at 810-767-6490. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention is working to help keep you and your community safe from the threat of novel or new coronavirus. If you have traveled to a country with a widespread outbreak of COVID-19, CDC recommends you stay home and check your health for 14 days after returning to the United States. Take your temperature with a thermometer two times a day. Watch for symptoms like fever, cough, and trouble breathing. And if you feel sick or have symptoms, call ahead before you go to a doctor's office or emergency room. Tell the doctor about your recent travel and your symptoms and avoid contact with others. For more information, visit cdc.gov. How do you do, ladies and gentlemen? This is Bob Hope back once again to tell you it's better to have Pepsi than flowing over your teeth now than to have water running under your bridge later. 
Have you lost your job and your health care coverage due to COVID-19? You're not alone, and Genesee Health Plan can help. I called, and they provided health care enrollment over the phone with Medicaid, HealthCare.gov, and Genesee Health Plan. They made sure I had access to doctor visits, my prescriptions, and more. Getting health care coverage can be confusing. You don't have to do it alone. Get help with GHP. Call 844-232-7740 or go to GeneseeHealthPlan.org. We're in this together, and together we'll get through it. The Tom Summer Program.com. Hello, this is State Senator Jim Ananick, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Hey, welcome back, everybody. We continue our conversation about a new book called The Entrepreneur's Faces by Jonathan Littman and Susanna Camp, who joined me by phone. Welcome back, Jonathan and Susanna. Thank you. Thanks. Um, just before the break, I. I mentioned my favorite question you know there there are lots of people's lot uh, people lots of new ideas that uh, that that come out all the time uh, you know almost everybody has an idea they think well you know they ought to do this this way or they ought to do this that way they come up with a great idea then what Great question, um, and it's it's part of why we wrote the book. You know, before we wrote the book, we interviewed hundreds of people, and as we started to put this together, we wanted to have this frame uh, for the book that you can follow ten real entrepreneurs, and you can start with what we call their awakening. That's that's what you were just saying. You know, you come up with this an idea, you have an awakening, which is fantastic. But a lot of people just go back to sleep. <laughs> they, they don't do anything with their awakening. And that's the next six stages that you learn in the book. And the next stage we call the shift. Yes. And then after the shift, we have another stage we call the place. Uh, this is where you sort of build your network or or go to a new physical place where there are people working in the industry uh, that you'd like to place your product in. Uh, these early stages are all about energy and building momentum. And as we said earlier, the faces of the entrepreneurs go through these in different ways. So athletes, the athlete type is really good here at this early stage. Um, outsiders too Um, but then there are more stages there are seven stages in all after the place we have the launch which is when you get your product out there Uh, the money raising the money for your venture and then the test where you're really put to the test and you find out if you're gonna make it and then the scale which is what everybody's seeking in the in the first place is to go big is is that the idea, or do most people start out thinking, I just want to do something I enjoy? Yeah, I, I would I would agree. I mean, um, there are different types. <clears throat> so some people want to do something they just love. They're trying to make a living. And you can be very successful and get through five or six of these stages. Not every company has to go big. Uh, actually, we read up on a young woman in your area, um, uh, Nyla Ellis Brown, who has this Ellis Island tea. I don't know if you've heard her story. She actually, her grandfather had a, like a recipe for tea, 
and she started just selling it um, actually, you know, from the trunk of her car. Um, and, you know, it was almost kind of a bit of an accident. And she started doing this. And we read that just last year, she actually got $300,000 in local, you know, venture capital funding. And she's now in airports and all kinds of places. So not everyone has to go that big, but sometimes if you have the drive that she has, and she's apparently been an incredible evangelist, she's, she's gotten all these contracts with, you know, major stores, both locally and nationally, um, that there is this potential for some entrepreneurs to, to go big. And, and it, does it depend on the, the type um, for the accident to happen, or is is there an accident that occurs in every entrepreneur's uh, experience? Well, you know, the accidental is one of our types, and w- what it is is that you know, is it, 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 in that case, it's like a hobby or a fascination or something you're just crazily passionate about, and we think all entrepreneurs have that to some degree. The one thing we find across all of our entrepreneurs is, boy, do they work hard. Um, they have to be all in. Um, and, and and really, this isn't that different from a good business person. And when you think about it, the people who are really successful in business, whether they have a store or some service, they're pretty darn passionate about what they do. They're not, um, they don't bring sort of a, a half full cup to the office. And with this this notion, when you when you have an awakening, um, how often do people go back to sleep? I, I, I wonder if people put something out there and something doesn't happen right away. Is is there a, a moment that if you don't give up, you will be successful? Well, I think that goes to having what we call the entrepreneurial mindset. So this goes beyond startups and small businesses. It can really extend to anyone or any project and, of course, also applies to entrepreneurs within corporations. Uh, This is a rejection of business as usual. So, yes, you can have an early idea and not implement it right away, but one of the things we've found is that people who have a lot of these ideas will sort of hold on to them and come back to them later. For example, one of the profiles in our book, it's uh, that of Uwe Deagle, the evangelist. He actually had what he called an idea drawer. So he would, <laughs> it, was, it was a physical place, but it was also sort of a, a symbolic place for him. He would, he would have all these ideas and, and they wouldn't al- it wouldn't always be the right time to to go to market with them, but he would save them for uh, later use. And yeah. that's just what he did with the product that we I, talk about. I, yeah. I have a songwriter friend in Nashville who uh, has kind of his version of the idea drawer is a, is a stack of notebooks uh, with ideas in them that he calls the boneyard. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, yeah, I mean, I, I would say that a lot of us have these notebooks, but not all of us will go back to those notebooks and right. look through them again. And that, I think, is indicative of having yeah. that kind of open mindset that uh, really um, uh, honors those ideas in the first place. I, I think, Tom, and a key thing is that um, 
entrepreneurs have lots of awakenings and they shift. This is the second phase. Um, people who don't end up being entrepreneurial might have awakenings, but they don't actually start doing anything. They, they don't make those first phone calls. They don't um, see if they can lease that space. They don't make that first, you know, uh, with the bakery. They make that first, uh, you know, bread and see if they can create, you know, something they can mail out to people. And they talk about it a lot. So what a key thing is the difference of entrepreneurism is it's not business planning. You don't write a big business plan. You start doing things, and and you start getting some traction. And and the the traction thing is the thing that I'm the the most curious about, uh, Jonathan and and Susanna, because um, it it's, it seems to me, and this is this has happened to me on on little things, but but it gives me some sense for how it might happen on bigger ideas. If somebody doesn't have that evangelist component, um, they they have this great idea. It's out there. They have a few friends and family that you know have bought their product or their service, but but it doesn't mm-hmm. seem to be taking off, and and it just sits there, sort of in stall mode. And it, are, are people that are in that um, in that position? Are they able to learn from your book, The Then Definitely. What? Because um, you mentioned earlier, Susanna, about uh, you know teaming up. If, if you're the mm-hmm. maker, you team up with uh, a visionary or, or uh, an evangelist, and, and they're the ones who get the thing to move, and, and you sort of have to partner up to get this thing to go. But not everybody knows who that is evangelist is yeah well this is why we think it's important to know yourself first and have the self-awareness that you that will help you to um, to move your ideas along Uh, we have a diagnostic quiz that I created and people can find it on our website at the entrepreneursfaces.com this is a great way to get a sense of your type uh, when we work with companies and teams, we go through a vigorous process to help people find their own faces, but this is a this is a tool that anyone can use. And then the idea is that once you find your own face and become more familiar with some of the other faces that are out there, uh, it will make it easier for you to find the people that you need to complete your team and get your product out to market. And, and, Tom, you know, today, do you want to go ahead? No, no, go ahead, Jonathan. Yeah, today uh, today it's possible to actually, you know, find people who can then help you find services which actually accomplish parts of this. So, you know, on the Internet there are lots of tools to help up your marketing, and you might actually find an athlete who's – the athlete is kind of the all-rounder who doesn't complain – loves challenges, doesn't worry if it hasn't done before. So an athlete may figure out some actually evangelistic tools, in other words, just publicizing tools that you might use or pay for to promote your product or your service. I know there are some um, 
government efforts, uh, agencies, and so on that are designed to help small business um, and uh, and entrepreneurs and so on. Um, but they're all very reliant on a business plan. Not everybody knows how to do that. And Jonathan, you said something earlier that uh, got my attention about not being as concerned about the business plan as self-identification. Correct. You know, the, there's nothing wrong with a certain amount of planning, but the truth is that most entrepreneurial success is about doing, and the business model often shifts, you know, during the early days and months. So that the trouble with a plan is it assumes things you don't know about the customer. And sort of, um, you know, the rule 101 of, of a new company and entrepreneurism is you, you want to find out who the customer is and you probably don't actually know who they are yet and what they really want and, and what they really need. And so the, the great thing about an entrepreneurial model is that you prototype and you find out what they'll pay for, you find out what they don't need, you find out what's important, what's not important. And you're absolutely right. Unfortunately, a lot of government grants and official programs don't work that way. And um, consequently, they often aren't that successful for the people who enroll in them. Yeah, see, that's, that's, that's always kind of frustrating to me. And I, I know some people who have tried to start businesses and they go to a program and then they get all bogged down and mired down in research and planning when all they really want to do is make widgets. Right. And, 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 you know, the world, we all know the world is changing fast. It's changed a lot faster in the last, you know, eight or nine months, right? Well, yeah, because so we've all been 2020 Yeah, and people are having to adapt quickly. And so, boy, if you had a plan that you had in January... That, that plan is obsolete, you know, in March of this year, right? So, so you're absolutely right, and that's why we think this, this entrepreneurial model matters for anyone. It doesn't matter if you have a, a cafe in, in Flint, right, or you're a dentist in Flint, or, you know, you're in real estate in Flint, or you have an automotive shop. All of these entities have to be entrepreneurial today, to get new business, to make people feel safe and comfortable, and, and to figure out a model that works because the world just keeps changing faster every month. And, and you know, this whole pandemic thing that, that has happened, um, it, it's a strange time to, it's, it's a difficult time to be coming out with anything new like a book for example <laughs> what was what was your experience you must have you've done all this this research has to have been going on for a long time when did you finish the book and and how did the it's great um, it's a great question because um you know this is actually uh Susanna's first book but it's my 10th and we actually um we finished the book uh, this summer, and we had a really interesting thing. We had actually a couple of people to tell us to wait, um, that, you know, you can't have a book come out now. And we said, what are you talking about? 
<laughs> when people it's need done it. we got it done it's got to get out we're not going to put it on hold on ice for for a month and we've had an overwhelming response we're really just starting the publicity because of what you just suggested that boy this thing is sticking around the pandemic is not going anywhere we all need to wear masks and all sorts of businesses are having to adapt including ones that thought they didn't have to before, right? And and we believe this word, you know, entrepreneurial applies. You know, I have a dentist here, and, I, and, and he did the most impressive mailing to his clients about all the things for you to feel safe and secure and just going to have your teeth cleaned. Mm-hmm. There's never been a better time to be more flexible in your thinking and to kind of reject the status quo or the business as usual that you've always done. I could also add one more example. Our gym here in the Bay Area in in San Francisco, it's called the Bay Club, uh, was shut down due to the virus. Um, And so they, they were struggling for a while, but they had plenty of space and they figured out how to, as we say, pivot. So they started to offer distance learning pods to the kids who were also home from school. So they have, uh, in the gyms now, they have classrooms, Wi-Fi teachers and tutors, and, of course, athletics for the kids. Uh, But it's not open to their former membership. There were some gyms in Michigan that took it outdoors, but uh, your example is a much bigger pivot. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's great that's great also yeah it, it's and it's a flexibility of thinking and and what our book does is you get to see how 10 very different kind of people think and adapt to very different challenges uh, you know we had a woman uh, a mother actually uh, from Europe who um, was really successful actually in television and media early on and it turned out she was this guardian type, and she went to a famous university here in California called Singularity, and she really felt it wasn't fair because in Estonia, the tiny country she's from, you know, there weren't the same opportunities there are in Silicon Valley. You know, she was out near Google. So she actually created this website that actually helps people you know, work all over the world and get visas easily. And now they're sort of, uh, they call them digital visas now. And, and and she was inspired and completely changed her career, right? And now she's leading this movement to allow people to work in different countries very easily, um, which we really think is also being sped up by the crisis. You interviewed hundreds of people for this book. How did you guys settle on 10? Uh, It's a great question. Um, You know, we're both storytellers, and we really, we wanted the book to be a story. We wanted it to be a story with 10 characters, and I think the shorter answer is they had to be good storytellers, too. Um, (laughs) Fair point. um, (laughs) <laughs> you know, they had to be sort of worthy of the larger stage. 
Well, let me uh, let me just ask this. We we just have a few minutes left, but um, did you have someone in mind that you were writing this book to? I think we were so lucky because we're both here in San Francisco. And we worked actually interestingly from people from other places. So San Francisco has been this place where people come from all over the world, um, from Latin America, from Asia, from Europe. And we, in our own little way, I think wanted to offer something to a lot of these entrepreneurs we met who did have these awakenings because they weren't all successful, but weren't always sure how to move up the stages. Um, and we, we saw that a lot of the models we read, you might have heard of other books, um, Lean Startup is a fam famous book, um, that they were all about organizations and they weren't about people. And, uh -huh. and I, I, think, I think we decided we wanted to give something to, you know, whoever it was who might have this entrepreneurial urge, how to take the next step. Well, the, um, John Couch, the uh, author of The Art of Creative Rebellion, who's also a VP of product design at Hulu, said that Lipman and Camp spin real-life stories that read like thrillers. <laughs> how, how do you like that? Uh, love it. It is, It is, of course, a thrilling, exhilarating ride uh, full of great ups, but sometimes also these really soul-testing plunges that happen along the journey. Uh, but we happen to think that there is, uh, is there's strength in numbers, and by teaming up with people who can kind of complete your profile and... Um, and make your business stronger, that's kind of the, the way to go. So we encourage people to read up on the different types and find out what they're, they're, what they're missing and, and who they can bring to their team. You know, a funny thing, they used to say, you know, every startup was in a garage. I don't remember that was like the, the sort of cliche, you know. Well, the classic Microsoft story. Right, Microsoft or Hewlett Packard, or and we're taking it out of the garage. We want we want <laughs> you to get out. We want you to meet some people, learn what you're strong at, learn what you're weak at, and have this awareness. And I think it'll help people. Is there is there a single quality that all of these different types have? Is it is it hard work? Is it or is it more about persistence? Well, I'd say it's that that drive and yes, persistence, self awareness, uh, and really uh, the single single uh, common quality is what again what we call the entrepreneurial mindset. That flexibility to kind of be open to new ideas and and not accept the status quo. John, do you, would you add to that? Yeah, and and I think you do have to believe in yourself. Um, and, you know, at the end of the day, you're you're you you have to develop a certain amount of business courage. 
Um, there, there's no other way to put it. Um, there are easier ways, you know, to make a living and starting a new business. And um, we hope what we've shown is this sort of journey frame. You can see these other people we see as sort of, you know, small but real heroes that you can learn from. Hey, Jonathan, I'm sorry to interrupt, but I have to go to another break. Can you stick around for a few minutes so we can uh, wrap things up? My guests are uh, Jonathan Lippman and Susanna Camp, the authors of The Entrepreneur's Faces, How Makers, Visionaries, and Outsiders Succeed. Hey, (laughs) this is the Unknown Comic, and guess what? You're listening to the Tom Sumner Show right now. And now, and now too, and even now. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention is working to help keep you and your community safe from the threat of novel or new coronavirus. Take the following everyday steps to help avoid the spread of all respiratory viruses. Wash your hands often with soap and water for at least 20 seconds. Cover your cough or sneeze with a tissue. Throw the tissue away and then wash your hands. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects or surfaces, such as remote controls and doorknobs. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. And stay home if you are sick. Call your health care provider if you develop fever, cough, or difficulty breathing. For more tips, visit cdc.gov. They say singing can help you remember things, so here's some tips for parents out there during these tough times. Make sure your kids wash their hands for 20 seconds after they've coughed or sneezed or been outside. Virtual playdates, social and physical distancing can help save lives. Tell them they're safe and show your love and pride. Yes, we'll get through this together. Find out more at coronavirus.gov. A message from the CDC and the Ad Council. Tom Sumner Program has hosted live candidate forums for local, state, and national offices at bars, restaurants, coffee shops, and colleges. Armchair Politics has gone to Lansing, Frankenmuth, Birch Run, and Hell. Michigan, that is. We've done shows all the way to the Mighty Mac and back to the Briggs. We've done remotes from a baseball stadium in Lansing, a grocery store opening in Flint, and from a moving train. We'd like you to tell us where to go next. You can write us at TomSumnerProgram.com. Call us at 810-339-8255 or contact us on Facebook or Twitter. This is your chance to tell the Tom Sumner program where to go. Do you have feelings of inadequacy? Do you suffer from shyness? Do you sometimes wish you were more assertive? If you answered yes to any of these questions, ask your doctor or pharmacist about tequila. Tequila is the safe, natural way to feel better and more confident about yourself and your actions. Tequila can help ease you out of your shyness and let you tell the world that you're ready and willing to do just about anything. You'll notice the benefits of tequila almost immediately. And with a regimen of regular 
doses, you can overcome any obstacles that prevent you from living the life you want to live. Shyness and awkwardness will be a thing of the past, and you'll discover many talents you never knew you had. Stop hiding and start living with tequila. Tequila may not be right for everyone. Women who are pregnant or nursing should not use tequila. However, women who wouldn't mind nursing or becoming pregnant are encouraged to try it. Side effects may include dizziness, nausea, vomiting, incarceration, erotic lustfulness, loss of motor control, loss of clothing, loss of money, loss of virginity, delusions of grandeur, table dancing, headache, dehydration, dry mouth, and a desire to sing karaoke and play all night rounds of strip poker, truth or dare, and naked twister. Warning, the consumption of alcohol may make you think you're whispering when you're not. Is a major factor in dancing like a retard. May cause you to tell your friends over and over again that you're in love with them. Also may cause you to think you can sing. Alcohol may lead you to believe that ex-lovers are really dying for you to telephone them at four in the morning. Alcohol may make you think you can logically converse with members of the opposite sex without spitting. It may create the illusion that you are tougher, smarter, faster, and better looking than most people. And it may lead you to think people are laughing with you. Alcohol may cause pregnancy. And it also may be a major factor in getting your ass kicked. So what are you waiting for? Stop hiding and start living with tequila. Tequila! I get the uneasy feeling Rod Serling is behind one of those doors. Rod Serling. Rod Serling. What's this, the Twilight Zone? Where is everybody? I would have been headed for the Twilight Zone. Twilight Zone. If I go any lower, I'll be in the Twilight Zone. All right. Oh, but Jethro's right at home in the Twilight Zone. <laughs> I'm in the Twilight Zone. Now, having made this little jaunt into the Twilight Zone, I got a feeling something strange is about to happen. Hi, this is Ann Serling, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Hey, welcome back, everybody. My guests this hour are the authors of a uh, new book called The Entrepreneur's Faces, How Makers, Visionaries, and Outsiders Succeed. They are uh, Jonathan Lippman and Susanna Camp. Welcome back, Jonathan and Susanna. Hi. Thanks Hi. for thanks for sticking around. Um, we're we're actually running a little longer than I had originally planned, but I really appreciate you uh, spending the time to talk about this book and to share some of these thoughts. It's uh, it's fascinating. Fascinating. Um, are there two or three points that that you can point to that you hope people get out of the book? Yeah. Well. Um we we mentioned before and we'll, uh, that um, Susanna actually is the maker. Um, she's the one who does all the prototyping, and she created this amazing quiz um, that you can find at... At theentrepreneurspaces.com. So we encourage people to go check that out and share the results with us uh, on our LinkedIn pages and our Twitter pages and yeah. Uh, we'd love to hear more from you about who you are, Tom, as well. <laughs> uh, you might be a type we call the conductor, and the conductor is somebody who really, you know, orchestrates, who 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 builds a platform, um, who is, you know, always looking to create a network. Um, uh, so we. We I, find that I think you might be right about that, Jonathan. I, I think I'm a conductor. <laughs> I, I, I I think I'm a conductor in search of an inv- evangelist. <laughs> well, well, you have greater awareness now. Uh, we hopefully the evangelist is listening to the show right now. That's, that's He's right. going to come and find you. Yeah, 
Uh, I want to remind the book, of course, is on Amazon, and we have old-fashioned, good old print book, um, and there's also a pretty cool, um, you know, Kindle one, and Susanna, being the maker, she created this in a way she'll tell you about. Uh, yeah, we, there's a branching narrative, so you can you can decide to click through and read one character's story from start to finish, from the first stage to the seventh stage, or you can uh, read it in the the version that we've sort of laid out, where you have all ten characters in the first stage, and then you follow them all again into the stage. Uh, but we wanted to present two alternate ways to get, or actually infinite ways to get through the book by clicking on the links at the bottom of each chapter. Well, that was uh, that was going to be my uh, my final question was to ask you to suggest uh, where people can go to find out more about what we've been talking about. Obviously, the book is uh, an excellent place to start, um, but I, I did want to give you a chance to share your website again. Yeah, so, so the website for the book is theentrepreneursfaces.com. Uh, so on that, the, on that site, you can find the links to buy the book. Uh, you can find the, the quiz that we mentioned. Uh, you can find out more about events, where we'll be speaking and when. Uh, all digital, of course, at this time. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, or you could just go straight to Amazon and look for the entrepreneur's faces well thank you yeah. both jonathan Littman and Susanna camp for spending this time with me this morning it's been uh, a delightful conversation well, we yes, really enjoyed it too. thank you thank you so much take care once again, the name of the book is The Entrepreneur's Faces, How Makers, Visionaries, and Outsiders Succeed by Jonathan Lippman and Susanna Camp. We'll have more of the Tom Sumner program straight ahead. Welcome to this presentation of the Comedy Spotlight on the Tom Sumner program. another comedy spotlight on the Tom Sumner program. Smile. 
Beginning and ending each show during the month of October with our annual uh, tribute to odd and horrible recordings known as Schlocktober. Some uh, new ones for uh, Schlocktober 2020 will be uh, featured throughout the month of October um, while everybody else is celebrating Rocktober and Shocktober and Oktoberfest and all the different uh, iterations of October and Halloween. We celebrate Schlocktober. I want to say thanks to um, all the uh, guests on the show today. Of course, this past hour, Jonathan Lippman and Susanna Camp, the authors of The Entrepreneur's Faces. Before that, we had a chance to talk with um, Sandra Goldmark about uh, her book, Fixation, How to Have Stuff Without Breaking the Planet, and uh, starting out with a very fascinating conversation with the author of the cat I never named. Um, her name uh, was Amra Sabish El Reyes, and the book is uh, a young adult uh, memoir of a Muslim teen struggling to survive in the midst of the Bosnian genocide. Very interesting stuff. If you ever miss uh, an interview that you wished you'd heard on the Tom Sumner program, you can always check our archives at the website tomsumnerprogram.com. And that's smoking George Winters tickling the ivories. Let me know it's time to head on down the hall to the living room. But uh, I'll be back tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. with another edition of the Tom Sumner Program. In the meantime, good night, everybody. The Tom Sumner Program is a live variety show. We want to acknowledge all of our guests who play such an important role in the show and our cavalcade of cohorts from coast to coast for their regular contributions. Most of the musical accompaniment was provided by people in or from the Flint area. Many of the pre-recorded portions of the Tom Sumner program are made possible by Flint's own Steve McComb and Pencil Sketch Recording in Nashville, Tennessee. If you have comments, questions or suggestions about the show, find us on Facebook. This is Prue Clearwater. Join us next time for another edition of the Tom Sumner Program. And thanks for listening.